WV Uncommon Place. This podcast is a variety podcast that houses numerous series to cover mental health, empowerment, podcast framework, and various intimate series to get to know the hosts. Along with occasional movies, reviews, and dives in pop culture with our event podcast episodes. The Uncommon Place digs into bringing guests on that stories don't fit the mold and are very different. WV stands for the great state of West Virginia and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself JR are your hosts so please come along for this venture to Uncommon Place. We get start. Here we go. I'm sorry. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. My name is JR Sparrow. I am the host. Our co-host Stacy is off on assignment doing something else somewhere. And today I have with me Colleen Avis, and she hails from a great place in the middle of the United States. I won't disclose that unless she discloses that, but she is a mid-Atlantic person. So you know how I feel about all of us in the mid-Atlantic. Um, definitely not a Georgetown Hoyer fan, just to throw that out there. Um so, Colleen, the nostalgic question that we ask on this show all the time is, who is that person? So, mm-hmm. Colleen Avis, I'm about to throw the ball. Who is Colleen Avis? And she just caught it. Who is Colleen Avis? Isn't that a great question? I ask myself that every single day, actually, as I uh, prepare myself for the day, because we all change and evolve so much. But really, who am I? Who would I want your listeners to know I am? I, I am really passionate about lifting others. I, I feel like I'm on this planet to serve. Um, and I am, I'm grateful for every opportunity that I get to guide or be a part of somebody else. And I think I mainly do that because there have been many times in my lives where I've needed someone to be in service of me or lift me up. And so that's really who I feel like I am. If you have to stick a title on something, right? I'm an integrative life coach. I use the mind, the body, the soul. I use yoga. I use mindfulness and meditation. I use neuro-linguistic programming. I use all kinds of things to assist my clients, my coaching clients. Um, I'm also a mindfulness guide. Um, the word teacher kind of gets me a little bit. I think we're all teachers. So I look at myself more as a guide. Um, and I'm a award-winning author, which um, outside of being a mom might be pretty close to the top of my list of exciting things for myself. <laughs> That's a lot. Now, That's who I am today. <laughs> right, so, so let's swing back. Integrative right. life coach. Yeah. Yeah. We need the 101 on that. We need the 101 on that. Okay. So I, um, Deepak Chopra, um, for about a decade, I have been studying under his uh, philosophy, his teachers, him, I've been fortunate enough to study under him and completed his life coaching certification um, and also have studied under him with yoga and mindfulness and the science of Ayurveda, which is the science of life, how we use our senses to create harmony in our life. And so I use the word integrative because we are not one linear, one flat being, right? We are a multidimensional um, individual. And I think sometimes we need one thing and sometimes we need another. And when you're able to be integrative and when you're able to look across the board at all the resources that we have in the world and in our lives and our own divine knowledge, then you have to be integrative, right? You have to kind of think about, it's like making a soup and you're like, oh man, it calls for carrots and you don't have carrots. You're like, okay, well, what do I have? Oh, I've got turnips. Okay. Well, let me see if I can move and, and, and jockey another way. And so I think life is that way. It doesn't always go the way we want it to. So the more integrative we can be, the more curious we can be, um, the more integrative I can be in working with clients of mine. Um, I think the more successful we can be in moving people in the direction that they want. Okay, and I like that. So I'll put my spin on it. Instead right, of being it. two two dimensional, you want to be four dimensional. That's three D with extra three D around you. Maybe even five, but okay. Yeah, all right. So we'll go to five D. <laughs> now, um, to get more personable with the audience, we need yes. a backstory. We need a backstory. Mm. How did you get to where you are today? You want okay. Well, I, I'm only honest, okay. Um I'm also aware of how excited I can get about learning about others and therefore sometimes sharing about myself. So let me start out by telling you it wasn't always easy. I did not drop into this space of life coaching. And I think like most life coaches and previous guests of yours, we often come to this place because of our own trauma. 
Um, mine was abandonment. My father left my home, um, my brother and I and my mom when I was 16 and we were homeless and we were getting our food out of garbage cans. Um, let me I'll just throw out there that this was the late mid to late 80s. Um, so it was a little bit easier to acquire food from that source because people were throwing away dented cans and day old bread. And actually there was in, in my book, I actually tell the story about how in garbage bags, it was like, that's the garbage bag of bread. That's the garbage bag of cans. Like they neatly threw away their their food. <laughs> and um being abandoned in that way is probably one of the greatest gifts I've been given in my life. It took me about 30 years to figure that out. And during that time, I, um, ah, you know, I had eating disorders. Um, I had a lot of my own insecurities. Um, I got very defensive in the way that I would, in order to protect myself, I didn't want people on the inside scoop. And so a lot of what I've been working through over the last 35 years is about recovering from vulnerability, um, from abandonment, which really is vulnerability, right? This ability to be, to be vulnerable, um, and so that's really like my immediate backstory. I, and I share that because I I always want people to I don't I don't want anybody to look look at me and say, oh, well, she seems to have that together and she seems to have that together. You know, for the most part, my life is kind of together, um, but it's really together based on owning and uh, um, and honoring some of the places from which I've come that have forced me to get gritty, that have forced me to get resilient, that have forced me multiple times to rise like a phoenix and then fall and get kicked down again and try again. Um, you know, I, this is just the the reality. And um, abandonment, when you start abandoning yourself and that because that's what you've learned um, and you start coming off the course of what your soul's purpose of being here is, it can be a little bit of a dark place. So that's a little bit about where I come from to be just very uh, honest and, and, and raw. Um, I have to say how grateful I am for my son and my husband who, you know, have, have always accepted me for how I am and are very grateful for the opportunities that I've been able to cultivate for myself and been given in order to move away from um, the trauma and the residual that I, that I experienced for some time because of that. Is that what you wanted to hear? Oh yeah, and I thank you <laughs> that for sharing deep that. enough. <laughs> yeah, because that, that gives that that's that's personable. Like that's something like when someone listens to that episode, I always tell people, and I usually do it in a pre-call, but we'll just do it here. What you did right there was a gem inside this episode. There will be more gems, but that's the first gem right there. Like people have a way to have a they have a portrayal of you, and that yeah. portrayal that they have of you leads them to want to know more. They want to get them involved in. Uh, different aspects, uh, sort of like the sacred places that you make mm, later yeah. on in life. Yeah. And then those sacred places, you share them with the world and then they become books, volume <laughs> one, volume two, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into that real quick. The book. All right. All right. You, you, you move around in life and life makes a story, tells a story, and then it, it encapsulates you inside a story mm. and that's that last part of the story we changed that title to history mm. so please let us know about volume one and volume two and how these books came about yeah so thank you for that um sacred spaces subtle shifts for mind body home transformation is volume one and volume two um, the last book was released November of last year. The first book was, excuse me, the second book was released just about a, uh, a month ago. And selfishly, these books were about me wanting to be raw and vulnerable as widely as I could be in order to go on my own healing journey. Because I don't believe that when we hide and push down all of the things that are going in our lives, that we have as good of a chance to heal. And I also felt like, well, if I'm kind of feeling a lot of these things and know that telling my story would feel from my perspective, right, would feel healing that maybe that would feel healing for others. And so the book is a collective book that I curate, that I lead author that brings together 20 plus authors. Both both books have about 20 authors. And we tell a story 
um, something that has happened in our lives that maybe created a limiting belief that had us hiding under a shadow that had us in a dumpster digging for food, right? Whatever it might be. Some stories are of, of cancer. Um, and there's no judgment about whose trauma is bigger, right? It's just everybody's story is valid. And whatever you've gone through in life is worth being heard and you are worth being seen. And that's what these books are about. And so we don't just tell a story. Each author tells, yes, a story. You've just heard a little snippet of mine. Um, There's some funny pieces about it. Um, But at the end of each story, we give a set of practices or tools that we have found that we've used as master teachers of our lives and master teachers of our stories. And sometimes master teachers within a profession um, of what we've done to help ourselves and maybe clients move through something that feels what I like to call the high tech term sticky and icky. Um, You know, like you got your sticky icky. And so often people aren't even aware of the fact that they're that they're in a trauma, that they're living in a story that continues to hold them down. And so this book is, you know, meant to be a, a tool for people to go, oh, my gosh, me too. Oh, I, I, I've experienced something like that. And, oh, let me see, what practice did you do to um, move forward or to lift yourself um, in a way that moves you in a place that I like to say is um, seeing your value, um, following the fun. Life is supposed to be fun. Life is supposed to be fun. Yeah, especially so that's, to, yeah. supposed to lead into a lot of happiness. Now, you have a business. I have a business. Subtle shifts, correct? Subtle shifts, yeah. Yeah, subtle shifts. www.subtle with a dash shifts.com. Mm-hmm. And I did your shameless plug for you right there. So, real quick, could you go back Thanks. in and, and do, do the shameless plug again? Let them know where they can meet and greet you across the internet. Cause that's the one key thing that yeah. uh, is crazy. In the first 15 minutes of a show, someone should always be like, hey, hit a shameless plug real quick. Because if you don't hit it, <laughs> we might lose listeners. Cause, there, cause most people. Sense. Remember, we were talking about those attention spans. They could be watching right now, but they're on the internet searching for you. Yeah, subtle-shifts.com. I use a I use a dash a hyphen um, as a pause. Subtle-shifts.com. What does that mean? It means that the most subtle shifts, the smallest changes, create the greatest impact in our lives. And I would love, I, I, I love, love, love connecting with people. I don't care if you're going to look at my blog. I don't care if you're going to buy my book, but if anything about this seems interesting, if you're like, oh, I kind of want to reach out to that girl, but Oh God, I don't want to be weird. Please put down the, Oh, I don't want to be weird. There's a free little discovery call. It says it's 30 minutes. We'll land up talking for an hour. Um, unless you want to get off in 30 minutes, but yeah, subtle hyphen shifts.com. It's a, um, a website and a resource to get in touch with me, find my blog, find my book, find other ways to work with me. Um, and really just to be in connection. Thank you okay. for the plug. Oh yeah. Always, always. Now, um, something on this show, I want to do this a little different order. Mm. Um, we, we pay homage to 2020 news magazine from my childhood. Um, John Stossel is a comedic relief. Diane Sawyer is personable, but mm. she has a, a way of being very interrogative and how she just invests. She's an investigative journalist, but then yeah, you have some, then you have somebody that comes in and some people call her the Hulk Hogan of uh, newscasting, Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters. Yeah. Yeah. But with Barbara <laughs> Walters, the thing was growing up was that she had a way with like it's 1042 at night with whatever topic she was covering. If it was really hardcore, it went on to 1105. They didn't care about the news. Now, if you were in a big city, it was different. They cut her off and just went on. But the thing about 2020, it gave you three different styles of questions. Mm. And those three different styles gave you an impression that stayed with you. Mm. Um, Greatest example for me, when I was growing up, uh, there was a story about a lady named Lorena Bobbitt. Won't go into detail about what it was, but we both knew that story. And it happened mm-hmm. in Virginia. And it was big news. Well, the interview that was done by Barbara Walters at a later date changed my mind about the whole situation. It made me realize that certain types of due process aren't due process and certain people get away with certain things. Yes. But life is life. So, Colleen, you are on the hot seat. It's time for your 2020 questions. Are you ready? 
Sure. All right. The first question involves us role-playing. So we are both from the East Coast. We're both from prestigious areas. Actually, we're neighbors. That's what's wild. You know, neighbors. Um, So we'll start off here. TED Talks. We all know what TED Talks are. They're amazing things. They're To me, that's the pinnacle. Once I do a TED Talk, I've, I've made it. Once I get that TED Talk in, and I think that's for everyone, and it may not be your goal, but it is a goal now that you think about it. TED Talk, if I get there, <laughs> that's where I want to be. So with yours, a prestigious university we'll use is the University of Virginia. Thomas Jefferson Land. We'll go there real quick. All right. You're giving a TED Talk, and this TED Talk is about this. And this is a hard topic. What road do I take? What road do I go down after I've fallen? Mm-hmm. Do I take the road less traveled? Or do I take the road that's not that hard to go down? Mm. So which road are we going down? Well, you know, as a life coach, I don't know if I would pick one for you. <laughs> okay. And I'll, that's what I was aiming for. That's what I was looking for. You know, I don't believe I would pick one for you. Um, I would rather get into a conversation with you, if it's okay, about why you might pick one or the other or a third option. Because without getting curious about all the infinite possibilities that are available to you in life, then how do we know? And I think what's question, what, what's difficult about posing that question about do you take the road less traveled, the more traveled road, or some other road that doesn't necessarily exist, is you have to be careful not to delay yourself too long and never take something, right? There's this risk of us, and I think so many of us get stuck on a path of, well, if it's not perfect, I'm not going to put it out there. Believe me, publishing a book, I don't want to put it out. It's not perfect. So when we talk about which road to take, I think there's a couple of questions. What are you looking to achieve on the road? Maybe it's growth. Maybe it's um, at the end of one road, there's a TED Talk, (laughs) right? (laughs) And you know there's a couple stumbling blocks there. I think keeping an open mind around the fact that no matter which road you take, they're probably the the road least traveled for you as an individual. And then being brave enough to actually choose and knowing that at any time you have, as a human being, the power to choose to change. So being open about what's available to you, asking yourself, getting curious, like in doing some exploration around which road might look the best for what type of reasons, right? And getting curious about that. And then detaching from the outcome, surrendering into this idea that whichever one I take, I'm probably going to fall down. Whichever one I take, I'll probably learn something new. And whichever one I take, because I am a human being, I have the divine right to choose to change. So if I was TED talking about roads traveled or potholes in the road, I love talking about potholes in the road. That's where I would go. Okay. So you'll give an informed perspective. Yeah. I think I really want people to be able to dive into what they want, what they need. You know, when I, when I think about self-care, for example, which I think, you know, picking that road has a little bit of something to do with, I always start with, what do I need? What do I want? And then I pause to actually ask myself. And then I actually listen. A lot of people don't do this part. (laughs) They don't listen. They don't listen to themselves. They don't listen to what's going on. And then I come around to the fact that any thought I make, any decision I make is actually a request to co-conspire with the universe. So every thought I have is a co-conspiracy because the universe is always looking to co-create with me. So any thought I have is moving in that request. So I can choose like, oh God, I have to pick a road. Oh my God, I landed up picking this one. Oh, I wish I didn't pick that one. Well, you in that process are co-creating worry, insecurity, lack of self-confidence versus this option. I've picked this road. I feel good about my decision. I'm going to do my best on that road. And if it doesn't feel good, I'm going to reanalyze and decide if I'm in the right place. Which mindset do you want to enter this decision with? (laughs) You know, which one? Because when you walk down the road of like, oh God, I'm so stupid. I picked the wrong one. Guess what? Not going to be such an easy road. You pick the one that's the one I, the other one that I explained is like, you're kind of skipping a little bit. And then you might trip and you stand up and go, whoops, okay, let me make sure I'm still in the right place. So the road less traveled to me is really about what do I want? Pausing, listening, and being in co-creation with the universe because you're divine and you deserve it. 
and okay. we should be following the fun. <laughs> All right. I like that answer. Now, on to the next question. So you've done oh, a TED gosh. Talk. Okay. Um, we move around the world. You get make it to the Midwest. Midwest for us is going to be Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State University. Okay. That's the next prominent thing to the left of us. Got to think about my audience now. Okay. All right. So that's a different <laughs> mindset. That's a different group of people, different mm-hmm. morality, morals, and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have an individual walk up to you after you've given your speech. Your speech is on whatever came to your mind at that point. I'm not going to go that deep into it, but they want to change. They want to be different. They want to do, they feel like they're not living an optimal life. Mm. How do you steer them in a direction? Or no, let's not, let's stop using direction because direction is kind of uh, not the right word. How do you help this person along with their transformation? They decide they want to be involved with you. They go over to your website, which is? Subtle-shifts.com. And they enroll with you in a program. Let's say they just want to, they say, let's work together. Yeah. So they're ready to work together with you. Um, and they need to change. They know that they need to have something. It needs to be better than what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you analyze and you do everything that's in your, your arithmetic to help them in their equation. Mm-hmm. All right. How do you help someone with a transformation? Yeah. Isn't that a great question? Isn't that a great question? I mean, really, because as I was listening to you speak, everything was coming in purpose, anchor in purpose. So often when people are looking to transform, and I'm trying to put myself in Ohio State, shoo, it's toughy. Um, <laughs> a, lot so of corn, often, a lot of corn. I know, I know. I'm like, who am I talking to? Um but as I as I think about transformation with people, we live in a culture and a society where we want the blue pill. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to transform. I want to be able, you know, even even like planking. I always think, you know, like the physical activity of planking. It's like you're not going to get on the floor and hold a five minute plank. It's going to take you a couple of minutes to work your way up to that. Right. Right. So it, it takes time to evolve, right? And the brain, the mind, the set is no different than the muscles that you need in your legs, your abs, your whatever to hold a five minute plank. And so I think having some level of expectation and clear outline with someone that yes, we can with subtle shifts make transformation. That takes time. Now, Agree? Check. Cool. We're on the same page. How do we start to transform? What are we transforming and what is the foundation from which we're building? So typically when I'm, and it would depend right on the person, but I would typically start by looking at two main sets of things. Number one, from what core value set are you looking to transform? Who are you, right? Is trust a huge thing for you? Is, is on, I guess honesty is the same, but love, creativity, like what are the things that are divinely in your DNA, right? So that we know what we're looking for. We're not going to transform into something if we don't have the passion for something that's aligned with that, right? So let's make sure our transformation is in alignment. And then number two, I think it's really important to look at our purpose. Like, why am I here to serve? So, okay, I've got my core values, but why am I here to serve? This is really tricky for people, right? They're like, usually it's like, I don't know, I'm not really great at that. So I use a process of looking at people that they honor and respect. So I typically will say to people, all right, what are your archetypes? Who are people around you, real or fictional, um, historians or athletes that you admire and looking at qualities and characteristics of theirs? Because typically when someone's admiring someone like that, they also have those same qualities and characteristics. So when we start to anchor into our purpose, and it's such a fun activity to do, with pe- to do with people. But when we start to look at how we want to transform, finding a foundation of what we're aiming for based on the skill sets and things that we're really good at and based on what's really in our soul, and then breaking it down into consumable steps, subtle shifts that allow us to start to see success one step at a time, not five minute plank. Is that going to happen? Sustainable stuff. Something that's sustainable. Sustainable things. And sometimes they're not, I'm not saying they're easy. I'm not saying they're always easy, but something that can be 
that you try that's consistent that I help you keep accountable for that you get excited about when you realize that you've started to in- integrate that into there's that integrative right integrate that into your life so purpose core values and really thinking about how do I make this consumable right how do I make this something that will stick we you know yeah Okay, now down another path, but I will stop there. And I thank you on that one. (laughs) You could go down that path if you want to in just a bit. Um, So we've done the role playing. So you got through the John Stossel, Diane Sawyer portion. Now here comes the hard hitting portion. Are you ready? Yeah. You don't need something to drink real fast. You sure you're all right? I'm ready. And remember, this is all on video, guys. So, you know, that's one of the things I do. All right, so. (laughs) You take care of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You do a lot. So your cup runs low sometimes. It does. Are you my coach you, now? Yeah. No, 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 no. So, so you're <laughs> a life coach and your two other titles along with that. So what people always want to know and what fascinated me about podcasting and dealing mm-hmm. with anybody that has a life coach attached to their name Tell us your prescribed self-care method. Now, one thing I want to clear real quick, audience, when I'm talking about self-care, I'm not talking about this new age COVID-19. I need self-care because of whatever. I'm talking about what did you do prior to COVID for your personal self-care? Because too many people have taken self-care and turned it into, we all have different connotations of things, but people have turned self-care into this, this something, in my opinion, that's totally not self-care anymore. Mm-hmm. So Colleen, you're on the hot seat. What is your prescribed self-care for yourself? What do you do when you're at your wit's end because you take in so much and you may have a resource to give it back to sometimes here and there, but people that are healers and people that are helpers tend to be the least active in taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's find out what you do for self-care and how do you fill your prescription? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good question. And I actually really appreciate you asking me because what it's doing for me in this moment is going, am I doing what I need to be doing? Right. Am I taking care of myself so I can help support and be in service of others? And the number one thing for me about self-care is not adding to my list a self-care thing. Like, it's like, I'm supposed to be doing self-care and it's like, oh shoot, I didn't get to my self-care. And then I've got guilt and shame and all the things, right? So I like subtle shifts. I like self-care that involves asking myself what I need in each moment. So, you know, waking up in the morning, what I might need for self-care one day might just be mindful awareness of giving myself an extra five or 10 minutes between two clients to get a drink of water, put my feet in the ground. Um, take a deep breath. But really, honestly, for me, it's about staying mindful about not disconnecting by keeping myself aware of not getting in the churn. You know, that churn where all of a sudden you're like, how is it Friday? And what did I do all week? Right. Kind of moving without being present, that level of like lacking awareness And so all of my self-care is really focused around that. So sometimes it's stopping to take a few deep breaths. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's kicking my shoes off and the season is changing and where I might not be able to do this, put my feet on the ground. Um, One of my biggest self-cares recently has been around befriending discomfort. We don't like to do that. No. And you you know what happens as a self-care form when you push away the things that are uncomfortable. Oh, they're coming back. They're coming back and they're coming back with vengeance. And so for me, my self-care is to not skip over things that I'm like, oh, I just, I just don't have time for that. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, not being aware. I don't, I don't have time for that right now. But to actually go, well, I might be five minutes late to something because I need to take care of myself. I need to feel my feelings. I need to be in connection with myself to check in, to let that level of discomfort know that I see it. Because when we just push down, we are basically saying to all the cells in our body, that's not worthy. You're not enough. Any levels of discomfort are not what's supposed to happen in life. So you further turn up the heat on the boiling water until something eventually explodes. So 
Yes, sometimes I take deep breaths. Yes, sometimes I do yoga. Yes, sometimes I take a little bit of a longer bath. I always try to make sure I'm eating well. That's I have to eat anyway. So if I can eat well, that's a really important form of self-care. But I think something that maybe your listeners haven't heard before is this idea of like being okay with discomfort. When I'm sad, I let myself be sad. When I'm worried, I let myself be worried. For how long? I don't know. I got to, you know, you got to feel it out. I try not to be there too long, but I try to recognize and honor it and speak to my emotions in a way that's like, I I see you. I get it. You're disappointed about X, Y, Z, you know. I don't have time to deal with that right now, but I'll see you on Saturday and I'll try to process through some of that. So that, that way you don't have an emotional void. Yeah. You're, and you're not spiritually bypassing and being like, well, I'm enlightened and I'm a mindfulness teacher and therefore I don't need to do. No, that's garbage. I'm a human being. You know, I'm a human being who gets excited about sharing what I do and some of the uglies of myself in hopes that one person I'm getting like a little bit emotional about this, but really that like one person says, yeah, I'm kind of a hot mess like that too. Thanks for being there with me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. You know, you're not alone. There's people here that are cheering for you that want to lift you up. And so I have to be in touch with my own emotions and my own feelings in order to be um, in my best service of helping myself, my family, and and those that I have, the, frankly, the honor and the privilege to, to co-create with. Okay. Now, one thing I picked up here in audience, I know y'all picked it up about like 22 words ago. You don't do self, you don't do self-care, you do self-maintenance. Yeah, I don't really do self-care. I don't really like the term self-care. It's kind of like I don't like the word mastery. Mm. Right. Mm. Who knows all? So we'll go mm. on that. Your self-maintenance okay. is is prescribed. That that sounds great. And I thank you for sharing that with the audience because too many people that listen to this show, they could have one of your titles. And now yes. they know it's and they know that it's all right. Not just the normal listener, just anybody else that's listened that follow suit could be from the actual same circle they know now that hey she's not an android she's a human and that's not a joke on any android (laughs) users you know apple all day over here but anyway time back into things yes sir all right and this is difficult we have disappointment Mm -hmm. disappointment is the thing that we don't talk about we talk about the failures we talk Mm. about the things that sadden us but we don't talk about the disappointment Mm. You have seven days in a week. You should have a disappointment at least once a week, would you say? Mm. Some something something that's not flattering. Something that kind of gets you a little bit. Yeah. yeah something. So so what happens when this happens to you? What happens when you get disappointed? And, and I want you to go deep on this one like this. When I get disappointed, this is what, what, what my complex is in life. I value the levels of attachment. So with that. I have friends, I have colleagues, I have associates, I have tier ones, tier twos. I have a science to my friendships. Mm-hmm. Certain friendships, I do not get disappointed or certain relationships I don't get disappointed mm-hmm. in because I know the stock value. Mm-hmm. Certain relationships that I have with other people on certain tiers and certain levels, and maybe I'm too scientific with it. But if they cause me a disappointment, I have a bad mechanism called my memories museum. I can clearly place a person in my memory, memories museum and move away from them. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a little desensitized somewhere, but I learned in the long run, long run that mental anguish is not something that I want to develop every single week. I want to have a little heartache, a little pain, but mental anguish is something that I can't get those brain waves back. You know, I can't smooth the brain gets smooth because of that. And I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So with you, with the disappointment, how do you handle that? Yeah, I just heard you changing roads. You selected a road for the week. Disappointment came on that path and you decided to change paths. That's what I heard you say. Yeah. That's that that's choice. And choice is super, super powerful. The way we choose our thoughts equals a request to what we're having with the universe. And so I commend you for that. And I hope you celebrate that because that's a really beautiful um, I think way of saying that. So, and then the other thing I'll say, and then I'm going to talk about disappointment because you're asking me to be vulnerable again. Um, so I'm going to say one more thing as I prepare myself for that. I don't believe there's failure. I believe there is only feedback. Okay. So I, you know, I think that's, and, and that's a mindset shift, right? That's a choice to say, I didn't fail the math test. I got a 50 
which is an opportunity to only go up. Maybe it means you don't get into the college of your choice. Well, what expectation are you placing on something, right? So I think when you're talking about disappointment, you're talking about we have had an expectation that something would happen in a certain way, that we would have some sort of control, that we would have some sort of influence. If the year 2020 and COVID taught us anything, you don't have any control or influence <laughs> over anything. So when you talk about disappointment, I think you have to come back into self and say, well, when I'm disappointed, what expectation did I put out there that led me to that? Okay. So I think that's what we, I think that's the thought process that we should go through. And, you know, I could, we could, we could talk about that for days, but what do I do when I'm disappointed? Cause that's the question you asked me. Um, I self-loathe. Um, I get insecure. <laughs> um, I beat myself up a little bit. Um, I can oftentimes find, I can always find a little bit of shame. I can always find a little bit of something to get guilty about or like, oh God, if I had done this or I would have, could have, should have, right? All those five letter nasty words, would have, should have, could have. Um, and then I tend to try to smile because I realize in that moment, I have an opportunity to grow because when I've been disappointed because, okay, this happened the other day. Hey, we're watching the world cup. My husband's English. England's playing uh, France. We lost. Okay. And my husband made bangers and mash, massive English dish. All these English people were coming over. We had so much food. We had food for like 20 people at the last minute, 10 of them canceled. People didn't feel good. Something happened. We were so disappointed because we were expecting like having all these people around and we had made all this food. I was mad. I was like, that's really rude that people did that. Blah, 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 blah. And then I realized when the 10 people that could come, that exactly who was here was supposed to be here. That sure, we had a little extra food. It happened to be dinner the next night. I didn't have to cook, which ended up being a great thing because I was busy all day. Right. So I find myself getting frustrated, insecure, wondering why people disappointed me. And then I realized the only person disappointing me is me. And then I get to choose how I want to look at that. So never failure, never disappointment, only feedback, only okay. opportunity. And a lot easier to say than do. <laughs> <laughs> right? A lot easier to say than do. Okay. I don't know. You uh, buying that? You buying that? I'm going to go with that. I don't know if I'm going to fully buy it, but I'm going to go with that. All right. Um, all right. Now, I talked about something and I love to do this. Uh, life coaches. Yes. Life coaches have stigmas they have stereotypes they have different things that align with them to make people be like this life coach is um a maxwell life coach this one's this life coach this one's that one they all are the same mm. that's what you hear that's what you hear yeah. yeah that's what you hear in certain yeah. cer certain circles and circles. this is where the barbara Waller stuff come, comes in mm. um differentiate for us please yeah, differentiate. So I think that the biggest differentiation is between like counselors and therapists, right? I'm not interested in, dig I'm not digging into your past. I'm not, I'm not, I want to know about the garbage can moment you had, but I don't want to define you by the garbage can moment that you have. And, and this is no ding on counselors or therapists, right? I think they, everybody has a very, very important place. I am interested in helping people find the place within them that they feel like they're always so close to like, God, I just thought I had my life together or I was just about to get my whole life together and something got in the way, or they're constantly allowing a limiting belief to say to them, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I really believe that we are all capable of amazing and great things. And so I really like to dig in with people and help them to create paths, roads, learnings from the potholes that they fall into that allow them to get really comfortable and honest with themselves, specifically comfortable in the discomfort and help them see the value in themselves. You know, I think there's a lot of people walking around that don't actually see a differentiator about themselves, that they're not enough. And for me, that's one of my greatest challenges when I work with clients. And one of the, one of my most favorite things to do is to help people start to uncover their purpose of why they're here. And even if it feels small to them, the way that they shine and the way that they um, allow themselves to come out and be vulnerable and be the true person that they are. I think that's really my most, 
my most focused space, you know, because I will work with men, I will work with women, we can be talking about moving from a job, we can talk about moving from a divorce, we could be moving out of, you know, anger that we're carrying, it's typically buried somewhere in fear. And it's typically burying their brightest light, you know, and so really digging in and helping people find that so that they can live a life that feels whole that feels like they're following the fun. Okay. And I like that. And that's going to conclude our 2020 questions. I did those Woo. so that we could get a little challenge in there, you know, break a little sweat proverbially. <laughs> and just going into to some more things uh, in life with podcasting, for instance, like, uh, and the cool thing about, uh, shout out the pod match real fast on that. Cause I do want to thank them for connecting shout us. Out to pod match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely Alex and the rest of the team over there. Um, so they have some questions that they like to ask, and I'm only going to take one from there. Mm. Other stuff, you know, I, I got a little list, got an iPad over in the corner, so I can just glance at my questions. Um, and I'm going to flip this around. Um, I don't want to know your greatest accomplishment because mm -hmm. we haven't reached that point in life. You haven't lived long enough to reach your, your pinnacle yet. Your pinnacle. No. At, your pinnacle is at age 89 when you're writing your 12th book. And you're in a New York bestseller type stuff. Cause you know, we'll, we'll follow the whole idea of Colonel Sanders. He didn't get to where he was until later on in life. It was late in life. So if you could have a hall of fame dinner of your accomplishments, like hall of fame dinner, we'll, we'll play some video. We've got some feeds. Give me your five highlights in life thus far. Five highlights in life so far. Okay. The first one really would be, um, I had the privilege of um, working with Children's National Medical Center here in Washington, D.C. They did not have a chair for their oncology department. And over a three-year period, um, we raised the funds to endow a pediatric chair for Children's Hospital, which opened up a lot of grant money for children suffering dying um, of cancer. I, I, I can't not list that. Okay. Like, um, yeah. Um, I have an amazing son. I have a, a son that was put on this earth to help guide me. And, you know, I, it's hard to not list him. Um, the third one would be the ability to befriend myself. I, I really have finally, I'm 51 years old. I really have finally come to a place where I like myself. I like myself. It's taken a lot of work. I've I work with a coach. Okay, every other week I meet my coach. Um, so really, really befriending myself. Um, another one about myself, if I was in the Hall of Fame, would be I don't like to work out. I really don't, but I know I have to. And every single day I get up and work out, and that is probably one of my greatest accomplishments. My greatest subtle shifts. Um, as I move, uh, as I move towards taking care of myself and having a level of like mate, you know, self, self maintenance. Um, and I'm going to say the last one is I, oh, oh, mm. you know, I'm grateful for every opportunity I have. And I don't know if I always felt that way. And I feel like I can be really honest about what those things are. And I can be vulnerable about those things. And honestly, as an accomplishment, I don't know, maybe that feels really lofty to say that it's an accomplishment, but I'm really grateful for every opportunity I've had, every human being that I get to come into contact with. And honestly, that feels like an accomplishment to just be able to be aware enough of the privilege of getting to be a human being and getting to be in connection and community with others. So I don't know if that's a traditional list, but I think those are my five. And and I like that. I really appreciate that because that was that, that's what people need to hear. Like that right there is because you could have list all kinds of different things. You could have did academic stuff or just yeah. anything else, or promotions or whatever happened. Like, but you yeah. listed the things that truly mean something to you. So I definitely appreciate that. Now, tying everything together, you have the books that are out now. You have your life coaching business, which everybody can reach you at. Oh, <laughs> subtle hyphen shifts.com. With a www dot before that. With a www dot. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> all right. So you've got all this. So what does the future hold for you? Because mm. I'll give you an example. For instance, like uh, with me, for instance, I know um, I was in a place, I was over in Hagerstown, Maryland two weeks ago. 
and I was sitting there talking to somebody. They're like, your podcast, you've reached a certain level. You're going to go to some meeting uh, in Orlando and meet some big wigs. What's next for you? And, and the question, I take it back to them. I said, what do you want to be next for me? And um, they answered, just keep doing what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. I, I have a focus on what I want to do, but I've learned that certain things I can't outline to the world in that perspective. But just build a broader, more concise audience. That's that's what I want to do in the near future. We're going to get this thing airtight to where I have the Mid-Atlantic. So if you're uh, over in Townsend somewhere and there's a Wawa's, you can see West Virginia and Commonplace on a little tack in there. If you move a little further Eastern Maryland, like Elkridge or something like that, there's sheets over there, which that's uh, in West Virginia. So you, yeah, yeah. you'll see something tagged there. That's how I'm going to move. So what does the future hold for Colleen and her business, her family, her whole perspective? What's next? Yeah. What's next? Oh, my gosh. You know, this is like the the road I got on and I'm not sure what potholes coming my way. Right. But really, from a business perspective, honestly, it is continuing to build the platform of sharing with people what I've learned right through my own experiences, through my own practices and getting really curious about meeting people where they are. I love and and refining for that for myself. I love meeting people where they are and understanding like, okay, who are you? What's important to you? And how do we move forward? And so I think that's going to take a couple of formats. I, I'll write the third book in 2024. Um, in 2023, I am really focusing on cultivating my email list, you know, a place where people a couple of times a week come into contact with me where I can share tools and subtle shifts. And I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to share, right? Um, and so it really is a about building a, I don't know if it's a bigger audience, but I like the word that you use, which is tighter, right? I would rather have a thousand people on a list that 800 have showed up for themselves, right? And we're in our, and we're in interaction and community than a thousand people and like eight people show up, right? And the rest of them are swiping and deleting. So there's building a, that platform. I want my son to successfully go off to college in the next 18 months. I want my husband to continue to love the job that he does. Um, and, and my hope is that through um, the next book and I'm gonna be starting community calls starting in March. So once or twice a month, I will be um, on a Zoom call. Everyone is welcome to come, um, ask questions, learn, grow and be in community with one another. Um, so yes, yeah, so there's a lot of things like I have freebies that I'm building and I'm building an online mindfulness course and I'm trying to keep the price points really low so as many people as possible can join and things like that. But it's really about building connection and building community and bringing people together and being kind. Okay, now let me ask you this because I didn't get to ask you this and this is important to me. With your books. With my books. With your books, are you planning to do any type of touring with that? little sit downs here or there because the crazy thing mm-hmm. in society is is we're going back to 2018 next year yes we're going back to 2017 next year it's yes. no more 2019 was a toss-up year but i'm always going to discount 2019 because to be honest with you at the very end of 2019 a lot of people act like they didn't catch COVID. but with my travels i swear to god i caught it in 2019 so 2020 was the year of COVID. 2021 was the whatever 2022 was the aftermath and 2023 is supposed to return to a similar time of 2018. Let's call it wholeness, return to wholeness. Wholeness. So with this going on, like you said, the zoom interaction, which has become a big thing because of COVID COVID has inspired a lot of stuff, but COVID took a lot away. It took away that human interaction. It took away me being in whatever facility, like, we used to do these podcasts in hotel, like hotel conference rooms. Like if you live nearby or something, I'd find somewhere to do this publicly. So, yes. you know, we're, we're getting back yes. to that and you're going to get out here, promote your book. Um, it's going to get deeper. Eventually you'll start doing a documentary on yourself. Cause I, I tell you this and listen to this, this is crazy right now, but this is me talking to you because I believe you become a friend. I didn't believe a camera would start rolling. And then the camera started rolling, not on what you're doing in your your practice with your people, but the the journey, the mm-hmm. journey that you're on right now is not going to you can't recreate this journey. Right. There will never be another COVID like that. 
So the journey that you're coming out of or that you're coming through, that's a whole story that's that you will document at some point, even if it's not video, it's going to be photos and it's going to have a story, that history I talked about earlier. So yeah. how are you going to encapsulate yeah. all that? Have you thought about that? Ah, God, you're asking me questions that I haven't yet. Um, that, yes, I've thought about that. I haven't yet like um, gotten my hands around. Right. So there are a couple of things going on. I am participating in a writer's retreat in April. I just came back from a yoga retreat in person. Um, I'm working on two book signings, one in Carlsbad, one uh, in California, one in um, New York City. Um, I've hosted a couple in uh, the Delray, Florida area and things like that. So I totally agree with you that there's this like outward, you know, touch, hug, love people um, in, in person. Um, the reason I've taken a pause on a book for 2023 is to do exactly what you're challenging my thought process on right now, which is how do I want to leave this to be? How do I want this to look? How do I want to, um, through these books and, and through what I do help people see that their stories are important to tell too. And so I think these community calls and doing some open mic nights and being in person um, is is really in, is really important. But 2024 will have a much more global view um, and a much more diverse view of, of people in the book. And I think include the stories of how people got where they are. So it's interesting that you're bringing that up um, because that's what's it's like you're psychic because um, that's that's what's that's what's coming up, you know, and. I'm excited to get back out in the world and um, be in a space where you can be on a stage and a hundred, you know, the, the writer's retreat will probably have a hundred, 150 people that will be there writing and, and practicing yoga and, and, and being vulnerable and open micing and, you know, to be one of the people that's facilitating um, that is, is it's exciting, you know, it's exciting for, for people to get back in contact. I'm concerned that people during the COVID period of time got even more insular. You know, it was all about their own survival. And so as we step into 23, I want to be really mindful of that and helping people kind of come out from that shell. Um, but I don't know, you know, I have to see, I, I meet people where they are. So it's kind of like, all right, let me show me how you're going to show me yourself. Right. Like, I don't want to have some expectation and then create disappointment, um, in my life. Um, you know, so yeah, meeting people where they are and, and trying to be malleable enough with my own business and my own self to truly meet people where they are with what they need, you know? So okay. I don't know if that was very concise or clear because you, you caught me with a question that I'm still figuring out a little bit, if I'm just really honest. Well, that's fine. I mean, you told us what, 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 what's going on, what could be going on or what will go, go on. Excuse me. Um, just a little challenge for you. Everybody has, yeah, 15, I like it. everybody has 15 minutes in a day, right? And I ain't telling you to do a video journal, but take five minutes and put something to video. Mm -hmm. You will be amazed. And I'm not saying seven days a week okay. i'm talking about like four videos in a month mm. and you come back on the show next year we're december 13th 2022 come back 2023 and let me know how those videos pile up just anything yeah, like the four, challenge four videos a month and you will be amazed at what you put in those videos they can be five minutes they could be two minutes whatever but mm. the month of january four videos when february one hits february's only 28 days so only three but <laughs> Thanks. You know, you, you know, you'll you'll be amazed at what you put out and how that's how that little bit of video because it could just be not necessarily hopping out the shower, but eating breakfast. Hey, blah 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 blah. But blah. it's really it's really important because one of the things that I do with my clients is I ask them to write to their emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Write to your fear, write to your love, talk to it. And what you're asking is to take the 50 year old version of writing to it to a more youthful approach to it of like vid videoing it and. Um, at the end of January, early February, I'm going to be in Kolkata, India, in service, working with um, survivors of human trafficking. And um, I keep thinking about how I'm going to capture this because I'm not sure how I'm going to, you know, that's going to be quite an experience, right? To be in that part of the world, working in service with individuals like that. And I love what you're saying about capturing it in video. It also challenges you to feel okay and get comfortable with looking at yourself and hearing yeah. yourself. Which is also a really beautiful, challenging, messy 
thing to, to, to go after. So, yeah. Thank you for that challenge. I, I appreciate that. And we hope you accept. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so now we come to a portion of the show where I give a testimony calling, let's be very simple and frank. It takes a lot to do what you do. It takes fortitude. It takes uh, the problem in the world and we'll relate this to you is that there are people that help. There are people that try to help people heal. There are people that try. They don't do, but you're doing. You've taken a portion of yourself and you dedicated it to everything that you're doing, the subtle shifts, the transformations, sustainable things, all things that you can find purposely on our website. And you humanize it. You take it from this robotic Android state. And when I'm talking about Android state for the audience, it's this. We can get on Zoom all day and talk. We can type. But not everybody can give off true human empathy. And I didn't say sympathy, audience. I said empathy. And you can give that. You can just tell that about you. You have that natural ability. Sometimes I'm charismatic, but I don't have empathy. I can move a crowd, but the crowd might not move the way I want them to after I move them one way. But you have that. So charismatic enigma that's what we'll call you today Mm. and um being that person is hard because it takes a toll on you because sometimes you have to look in the mirror and you have to decide like can i do this today will i do this today and that's the hardest portion of dealing with the mind body and the soul Mm. and when you do these things and you do them continuously you drain yourself and you don't get that energy back to 100 percent you barely ever get it back to 70, but you still keep doing it because you know one thing that most people don't know. It's not about the um, superlative or the gratification of what you do. It's about someone carrying on your lineage. It's someone carrying on a bit of legacy saying that, hey, Colleen, on December 9th at 3.30 p.m., took the time to listen, took the time to give me insight. But at the same time, there was no judgment. There was no harshness. There was just an informed thought and an informed uh, way of, you know, being. You actually take the time to actually intertwine. And you can just tell that about you. You you can intertwine. And and intertwining is a hard thing to do because we can get in the mix with people. But but you you could be like me and just have people and then put them in memories museum and go on with life. But no, you intertwine. <laughs> Intertwining is something that is that is an art that is a dying form of bonding and friendship and relationship building. So that's something you have that a lot of people do not have. So I need you to take that, put that in a capsule, put it and make bottles of it and sell it. So Colleen, as much as I'd like to keep going on and on, I'd like to tell you that that's your testimony. You you. you profess the ability to intertwine with people, not mingle, intertwine. You know what that word means and you know how deep I'm going with it. I'm not going that deep audience, but the thing <laughs> is that uh, that the intertwining you do, those memories that you make with people, that lasting impression goes deeper than any word someone can say to you or any action you can see because you know between you and that person, you made a difference. Hmm. So I want you to keep that if you take that all that's wrap so it up kind that's so kind and I I you know what's um, I I accept that um which is also a learning of mine right to accept those things and I can't help but say I agree I feel like I made a friend today um I'm proud of what you do I'm I'm, I'm honored to be here and how grateful to get to be a reflection of all the things you just said to me back to you <laughs> you know we all have that divine wisdom within us and um thank you so much all right. And on that note, audience, you can head over to her website. This is the last shameless plug. <laughs> www.subtle-shifts.com. You can connect with me. Connect Set up with a free time to connect with me. Come on. Be fun. <laughs> and then the great thing, too, along with that, to indulge, she has two books. I do. Those two books can help you align with her. If at times that you're not able to necessarily do all the coaching sessions and stuff like that, the books can help you along the way. Motivation, guidance, 
not every person is built for tough. Some people are built like Dodges and Chevys. They break down. So these things can help you. So on that note, I am JR from West Virginia and Commonplace. You can check us out on all those social media uh, places that where we are. Um, in the show notes, you will get very detailed information about Colleen. And however you digest this episode, be it via Twitch, uh, YouTube, or you listen, or you're like this, the few select that are part of our email list that actually get the transcribed version of this episode. They actually read the episode. Enjoy this episode, learn about Colleen, engage with her, and she will give you a different perspective and she will help you with those subtle shifts. Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok where we have some great content, Facebook, LinkedIn, hit up the merch store at onecommonplace.square.site. Join the email list from the website and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly, thanks for listening and tune into the next episode.